0: Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, beat off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf, Hello everyone and welcome to Car Wash the Podcast, the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. In today's episode, we're sharing our recent conversation with Jason Baumgartner from Suds Creative, Ann Mahler from Soapy Joe's, and Nick Lopez from Bubble Bath Car Wash. The topic? Churn, baby, churn. That's right. We're diving into what you should be watching for when it comes to churn, when you should be worried, and some key ways to for you to segment your approach when it comes to attacking this frustrating challenge. Here is our conversation from episode 60 of Car Wash Magazine Live. We're talking about churn, everybody. I mean like this show is gonna be smooth and salty and sweet and creamy. Wrong churn, that's butter. I do have opinions on butter. Uh, I could really actually go for some butter right now like and like a flaky croissant or like a, like, a, like a chocolate chip cookie with some salt on top. Oh. But let's talk about actual churn as it relates to the car wash business, shall we? So here's the deal. There are fewer things on this earth that are more defeating then working really, really hard to kind of build something up and to get somebody to commit and then have it just, like, disappear. And that's, like, what happens every time we get an unlimited club member to buy in. We nurture them. We do all these things. We do it right. We get them on board. And then they dump out of our, our family. And then it's sad. And you got to start from scratch, and you got to go back and get them. So we're going to talk today about how in the world can you make that stop. And spoiler alert, it will never go fully away. Uh, It's kind of like the rain, right? Like it's gonna happen sometimes, and there's there's a uh, tolerable level that you're just gonna have to deal with. But we're gonna give you some stuff today that will help you figure out what is that number, right? Like when should you be really worried, and when should you just be like, you know what, we're doing okay. It's okay. Like this is fine. This is just part of doing doing business. Um, We're gonna talk with uh, Jason Baumgartner from Suds Creative. We're gonna talk with Ann Mahler from Soapy Joe's. And Nick Lopez from the Bubble Bath Car Wash down in San Antonio, so we're bringing those folks on. Let's bring them on right now. I'm gonna bring them in here. Let's uh, let's get them off of mute so you all can hear them. Here they are, friends. Welcome to the program, guys.
1: Great Morning. to be here. Oh.
0: Thanks for having us. Can we get a little life? I mean, I get it, but it's it's a Thursday at 11:30 here. Welcome to the program.
1: Woo! It's great to be Yay, here. Yeah, Thanks, man. That's what I'm talking about.
0: That's what I'm looking for. Look. These things are. These things churn, are... <laughs> churn, baby churn. Um, all right. Well, now that you're all here, we're gonna do something a little bit different today. I'm gonna. This is how this is gonna roll, folks at home. Uh, Jason is joining us from Suds because they have a tremendous amount of data and knowledge around this topic in terms of trend lines and kind of what what actually is happening with churn and when you should be worried. We're going to start this conversation with with Jason and I, and we're going to bring Nick and Ann back in here in just a little bit to talk uh, some of the details in terms of what, from an operator perspective, we can be doing and how we do that. So hold tight for just a minute. Ann and Nick, you guys are going to um, go take a little rest. You guys can listen in on the conversation. But for right now, we are just going to do Jason and Matt. Here we are. Okay, Jason, welcome, my friend.
1: It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So you've got some, you've got some knowledge. I mean, you guys have kind of this amazing treasure trove of information um, that you all have been mining over the years and started to unearth some really interesting things about churn. So uh, I'm just going to like, let you kind of kick off a little bit with like, give us the primer, right? Like talk churn, churn, baby, churn.
1: Churn, baby, churn. <laughs> yeah, you know Churn is a, it's a silent killer. So it's a thing you don't, you don't think about until all of a sudden it becomes a, a pretty big issue and so we want to talk to you about today is is go through, you know, so what are some of the factors that that contribute to churn? What's an acceptable level of churn? When do you know you're doing really well? And 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 when do you have cause for concern? Uh, show you some insights that we've seen uh, over hundreds and hundreds of sites across the United States uh, over the last four or five years. Um, and then just talk a little bit more about seasonality and how seasonality affects churn. So that's kind of what I want to go through today. The first thing, the number one factor that contributes to churn is is actually wash frequency. So it it sounds simple, but the more people wash and use their unlimited plan, the more likely they are to stick around. And it's really particularly important in the first 30 days of, of unlimited membership so, giving an example of if, if somebody comes in and uh we're, we're looking at a group of you know let's say 100 sites so across the country 1.7 is a number that we want to look at and then 3 is a number that we want to look at so 1.7 frequency of washes in the first 30 days or less that's the the highest um group of, of at risk for churning out so if they're watching if they wash in the first 30 days 1.7 times or less they're 75, 76% likely to not recharge the second month. If they wash more than three times, then then it, it's the inverse. In that first month, then they are 76% higher chance of, of recharging at least once. And if they wash four times in that first 30 days, they're actually 61% higher chance of still be, uh, being an unlimited member at the end of six months. So when you talk about lifetime value, Establishing a good wash habits for your customers early on and stay top top mind. More important, uh, is super valuable to contribute to lifetime value and obviously churns a big piece of that. So wash frequency is one.
0: Hey Jason, let's let's, just, let's just Pause Go on ahead. that one real quick. So that goes in the face of what some some people might think about, right? Like wash frequency. Right. Okay, it's they're, Yeah, they're unlimited. I want them to wash like enough, but I don't want them to kill me when they're you know with the with that pricing. The bottom line here, folks, is wash frequency matters. The more they wash, the better off you're going to be. Okay, that's all I wanted to say on that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think the sweet spot's two to four times a, a month, uh, and if you can consistently do that. And then, you know, having contact information is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. So with us and our clients, if we see that the frequency is dropping, we have an at-risk list that we can communicate to, and we can keep, you know, uh, you know those that uh, our clients top of mind with those customers so they remember they have a plan. And if they go longer than 30 days without washing, we may remove any contact altogether. So we don't want to remind them that they're not using their plan. But yes, wash frequency, number one, absolutely. Second thing is customer experience. And and I I, I don't think this gets touched on enough, but you have to have a really positive customer experience um, in order to maintain loyalty. And uh, one bad experience at a site uh, can, can just derail all your efforts to getting those customers on. So if you're having issues with churn, that's one of the things that we'll look at is Is we'll look at customer experience uh, as one of the main factors. And a lot of that has to do with the, the training on site, your site manager's turnover, those types of things. So customer experience is huge. And then this doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think, is seasonality. Seasonality, you know, if you're going to run a membership promo, it's important to do it at a time where demand is a little bit higher. So you're basically we go it all comes back to frequency. Run a promo, bring people on. You want them to be using it more um, in that first 30 days. So if you if you're running a promo, an unlimited promo when demand is lower during one of your trough months uh, or rainy month, um, then you you have a less of the chance of of getting those people to three or four visits in the first 30 days, and therefore it can have a big impact on churn as well. So time your promos correctly is, is the takeaway here. And then price, price, You know we see higher package prices turn out more than lower package prices. And we'll talk about that in the insights a little bit. That's a huge one. Um, I'll, I'll dig into that a little bit more in a second. And then I think it's important to talk about the difference between um, what we consider voluntary churn, which is people that discontinue or they, they terminate the plan on their own. So they reach out to you and they cancel. And what's considered involuntary churn, and those are things like credit card declines. Um, those are things like expired credit cards or expiring credit cards. The, the combination of the two contributes to the overall churn number. And what we really shoot for is we want to see an overall churn number between six and eight percent when you're combining combining voluntary and involuntary churn. And we like to see we try to get our clients down to three percent voluntary churn, which is which is uh, a, a really good value. And um, if you're above 5% churn at that point, it's when you start to worry. And if your churn is, is beginning to, to increase and that, that's an average over 12 months, it is natural to see seasonally, um, like uh, you know December, January in the state of California, or so when the, you have a little bit more weather events, inclement weather, it's natural to see your churn rate increase. So you have to also take into account seasonality so just because it goes to 5% in the month of December doesn't mean that you, you have to worry too much. You're looking at kind of a blended six months uh average and seeing how that average is moving. And then a, a couple other things that are that are just kind of interesting that I, I think I think we think are interesting about car wash data, but gender, uh the more and more we, we start enriching our customers' customers' data, gender actually plays a, a really big factor in this. So um Females versus males. Females are uh, things that are more important to them are, are community um, loyalty. You um, having a conversation, customer service. Where uh, on the male side, as we do these surveys, we've got about 120,000 or so surveys that have come in. Their their concern is more on um, keeping the outside of the car clean. Uh, where uh, on the female side, they're they're more interested in vacuums and some of the, those other things. So um, gender can be really Uh, interesting way to look at how you address messaging those people in the first 30 months. You can change up the the message depending on whether a male male or female. And then this is kind of, I think the most interesting one, single family home versus multifamily housing. So if you have a much higher density of multifamily housing around a particular location, you might have that one location that all your other sites are three or 4% churn. And then you've got the one that's like six, seven, eight percent voluntary churn. Go look at that. Have us run a report, we can we can do a percentage of single family home versus multifamily home ownership. It's not that those are are less valuable, it's just you should expect higher churn because it's it's not as stable in terms of um, you know, the typically you're you're on a lease, maybe, and, and the lease is up every six, 12, 18 months, as opposed to single family homes, they they turn over the housing much slower. And so we see that have a, a really big impact as well.
0: really fascinating because and i i know that when ann comes on i know that ann does a lot of surveying in her area and we've talked before on this show about how um one of the reasons that she sees and i think that nick also sees is for the churn is why'd you why'd you turn out why'd you cancel well we moved and that that point what you just touched on uh really hits Mm -hmm. that pretty hard so that's that's really interesting um i want to for those watching at home uh or at the wash or wherever you might be i want to put this slide back up for you real quick i want you to take these notes All right. Don't uh, don't be shy. Uh, Frequency, uh, wash frequency, customer experience, seasonality, price, the voluntary versus involuntary churn, gender and single family homes and multifamily homes, uh, renting versus owning. So those are uh, some of the key factors affecting churn. So so those are things to look at. Um, If you're if you're watching and you want to ask a question, don't be shy. There's comments below. You guys get right in there. Uh, ask your questions. Uh, we will uh, provide the answers that we have for you. So whether those are good or bad, that's up to you, but we will give you answers, that's for sure. Uh, all mm-hmm. right, so Jason, there's, a, there's another piece of this puzzle um, that, that you've got, because you have all of this data, you're able to kind of pick and, and pick out some really kind of fascinating facts, and you've got a slide here that kind of highlights some of those. Can you just kind of
1: go through those for me? Absolutely. So I, I love these. And, and so we have a tremendously talented data team and, and a lot of you have met Chris Moriarty, uh, fantastic, amazing individual. And we keep coming across these little nuggets and, and I'm like, you got to share these because you know we could get these out and people could do some things with them. But I love this one. You know, Each time a member washes per month, it, it decreases their chance of churn by 14%. And so there is a sweet spot. You have your overusers or your super users as Chris would call them. Uh, they could be using the site 12, 14, 20 times your Uber drivers and things like that. We're, we're not talking about those, exclude those. Each time a member washes, the their chance of churning out goes down by 14%. So frequency is very, very important, which means, so how do you affect frequency? You you have to you have to market, you have to stay top of mind. And it could be a maintenance type of marketing, but they, they need to see, you know, bubble bath and soapy joes. They need to see you out there because it's a trigger for them. It reminds them. That they have a membership and they're more likely to use their membership and if you can keep them in that you know two to four three to five frequency then then you're better off and your churn number's going to go down and then i love this one that married males between the ages of 45 and 55 are the least likely to churn don't i can't tell you why but that, that's a, a number that we're coming up with so
0: okay say that again married males between what 45 and 55
1: between 45 and 55 are least likely to churn. And if you think about this, anecdotally, you know, you think about that, those are your more stable years, you're more likely to own a home, you're more likely to be married, settle down, and and have, you know, some feet uh, planted firmly. Um, But yeah, just a really interesting stat. So we married males between 45 and 55, knowing that you can disproportionately target your ad spend towards males that are married between 45 and 55. So that's some types of things that we do. Um, again, voluntary churn between three and 5%. So those are people discontinuing or terminating. The involuntary churn, when you look at the combination, let's say you're 7%, 8% total churn, you may be 3% voluntary churn and 5% involuntary churn. We've got a product um, that we, we've come out with called Send It. Um, it's a text message and email automation platform combined. Um, and if, if you have, if you're a DRB client uh, with an ODBC module, um, and a website connect, um, you know, we can, we're actually are showing, uh, 20 to 50% recapture on involuntary churn from credit card declines and expired credit cards as well. Um, so, so there are tools out there, uh, Opspot's another one that, that has a program that, that does a great job at this as well, uh, to tackle that involuntary churn number. So there are, You want to know what that number is so that you can treat it. What gets measured gets managed and what's managed improves. Um, And then the month that people churn tends to be pretty consistent and predictable for each package level, which I I think is really incredible. Uh, We, we look at churn, not just overall churn, but we look at churn by package type and that's where we come, you know, the the higher priced items um, tend to churn out more than the lower priced items. Mm. Um, And, and, you know the month that they churn. So so if it's month four, month six, month ten, um, you know that that what we call tenure yep. tends to be pretty consistent based on the package. And when we shoot for you know I, I think on average six, seven, eight months tenure. That tenure number is a really tough number. So how long are my my customers staying on average? It depends on where you're located across the U.S. What seasonality looks like, um, also where your price points are. So if if you're seeing consistent churn around four months at your at your top package then that's a really good indicator that you've outpriced the market uh, because price is one of the leading things that can contribute to churn so mm-hmm. if your average for a particular package churning out uh, on your top package or your low package is, is four months or around four months it's an indicator that you may be pricing yourself out of the market and you, you may want to revisit pricing
0: and if i so if, if i'm an operator and i'm trying to measure this stuff right, the, the key there um, when you're talking about the consistency in the months is not the consistency is not in like January, February, March. It's in months from first sign up, correct?
1: Yes. Right. That's correct. So and that's, and that's depending on watch. when you sign up. Yeah. Depending on when you sign up during the year, um, you know, if we sign up at the early part of uh, your busy season, then, you know, we, you could see one, two, three months tenure added on than if, when you're signing people up at the end. So so that that again, just it kind of guides us on when we should be spending a majority of our money. We should be spending the majority of, of our money or a good portion of our ad budget uh, toward the beginning of a busy season when demand is going to be high um, for a period of several months, as opposed to the tail end. Or what we like to do is kind of st- uh, straddle the beginning and the tail end in some cases to extend the length of a busy season.
0: Okay, so I wanna I wanna get into these. Um, I wanna just share these two slides real quick about seasonality because I think that's really interesting. I'm gonna throw them up on the screen for everybody to see, uh, and you're gonna tell me what the heck I'm looking at. All right, are you ready? Okay. You <laughs> All right. Sure so have, yeah. here's the here's the California slide. Tell me what we're seeing. All
1: right, in California, basically, uh, in the blue is 2020. In the orange, it's 2019. Um, and and we put both years on there so you could see one. Pre-pandemic, one post-pandemic, um, so the dip in the blue is is basically when COVID shut down California. But you'll see in California, you see this this wave, um, and really from the beginning of the year, uh, from about week five or so on, so that's the beginning of February, until you know September, mid-September, early October, it, you're really rising, rising, rising. And so that's if you were going to run a promo, a membership promo, doing it the early spring or beginning of february middle of february that's an ideal time to do something like that because you're more likely to to keep those members um but this is unique to some states and and we'll show another slide so we'll, i'll show florida just to juxtapose
0: oh interesting look at that look how much flatter that is
1: yeah it's flatter but but also the dip happens where the peak happens in in california huh. so you can't there is not just one plan in a can so You know, even depending on where you are located in the state of California, Southern California, central or northern, you know, you can have fluctuations on on when your peak times are. So it's really important to to analyze, you know, when are your peak times for churn um, and do that study on your own. But the statewide level gives us a pretty good indication Uh, in in Florida, for example, the dip is going to happen, you know, really late summer all the way to October or so, and then November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June uh, it is pretty strong. Um, but it is a lot more flat, so less seasonality than California.
0: Jason, you were supposed to tell me there was one solution that we could all do and it would all go away. That's what you're supposed to tell me. Uh,
1: (laughs) You you, uh, engage with suds.
0: Oh, come on now. Come on now. All right. Let's bring everybody onto the program. Hey, everybody, here we are, everyone. (laughs) All right. So I want to, I want to move a little bit. So we've got a pretty good primer here. Some big uh, takeaways in here in terms of like, what's kind of driving churn? What should I be watching? What should I be kind of worried about? Um, Wash frequency is a big component of that. Watch your seasonality. Take a look at kind of your demographics and male versus female, um, single family homes, multifamily homes. There's a lot of data to look at, um, but there are some things that you can focus on that'll make it a lot easier for you to kind of figure out where to spend your energy and efforts. And and now we get to talk about how the heck (laughs) do we do it? So great. We watched all the data. We did all the surveys. We have all the things. Now what do we do? So let's start with what um and we'll just start with uh, we'll start with Anne for you all out at soapy Joe's what's kind of been most helpful or most important for you as you think about how to keep churn down like to, to get to that aspirational number that's you know hanging in that six to eight percent or lower
2: right well first thing I I would say is we're out here in California, so just to give you a reference point on where we are and thinking back to that seasonality, um, the most helpful thing that that we are doing is a couple of the the key points that Jason said. I 100% agree if you can measure it, you can manage it. So we are taking as many data points as we can from our customers. Uh, When they go to our website and they are canceling, uh, we ask them why Uh, but we really double double do the analysis and send out a member survey a cancelled member survey to ask them more in-depth questions as well so uh, we can see you know maybe they indicated they churned out because they moved but now when we do our own survey we can say did you move because of the military we're a big military town here Uh, last year we even asked if they moved because of COVID, you know, did your circumstances change? So um, that's been a big thing for us, measuring you can manage it. And then I also really was um, honing in on the point that Jason made as well on distinguishing the voluntary and involuntary churn. So one of the, the key things that's been for us successful is having different programs to address both of those kinds of components. So um, really coming at this from a holistic approach.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not one thing, it's all the things, right? It's all the things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nick, how about you? What's, what's kind of like one thing that's kind of been really helpful for you?
3: Um, well, so for us, so <laughs> you know, we're the same way we Had all this data that we didn't know what to do with. And I stumbled into Dear Jason and his buddy Chris early on and ended up finding just kind of the wealth of information that they were able to give to us, which then allowed us to then um, use that data to start actually making progress. So as far as voluntary, you know, in our first 30 days, we do a weekly drip campaign that's includes with surveys, benefits of the unlimited program, anything to keep them with their faces in front of bubble bath. And of course we advertise all over the city and on TV. So I keep my face in front of people as often as possible. Um, As far as involuntary, and that's kind of was our other big deal we worked hard to figure out how to get away from expiring credit cards. And that meant signing up for different merchant processors, um, doing different things with American Express. It took work and, and ridiculous paperwork, um, but we've managed to reduce our overall churn down to 4%. I've got Jason and my creative team to thank for a lot of that.
0: Now, okay, let's come back to that. Let's come back to something you said there. I want to talk about... Yeah. I want to talk about lots of things, uh, not the least of which is your um, (laughs) your disposition for wanting to have your face everywhere. But that's a different show and a different time. Um, (laughs) I want to know a little bit about like that, that um, involuntary churn and what you all did and like how you kind of tackled that. Like if I'm if I'm an operator and I'm just getting killed on on those cancel, those card cancels and the uh, and the expirations, what should I be kind of exploring? What do I need to look at? anyone so can answer that one
3: yeah there's a few different options right if if you're a drp user or ics um you know one of the first things we do is we put up a screen on on the xpt when they pull up if the credit card's within 30 days of expiring it asks you right there hey you want to re-update your credit card and that way you can take care of it right there secondly jason's lovely team is also sending out emails to people 30 days in advance of their expiring credit cards and then directing them to our website to upgrade their credit card there Lastly, um, we got early on as early adopters with Card Connect, which was the merchant processor that we switched up to. And what Card Connect uh, was working on was having um, the the key, they put together a security system that allowed them to basically uh, continue using the credit card and just updating the uh, expiration date and CVV code. And that also helped us out a ton.
1: And what about you? that tool is called called Card Account Updater. Yeah, and and it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm.
0: Very straightforward, right? Card Account Updater. What do you need? I need the Card Mm -hmm. Account Updater, great. (laughs) And what are are you all doing in terms of like that involuntary side? Like, how are you preventing that?
2: Well, like Nick said, I mean, we're going deep with our credit card processors. We were even looking at on the bank side, they have codes that say why someone has turned out. So we're like, are people's cards getting stolen? Are they getting lost? Are they replaced? Are they truly expiring? So again, back to the data, as much as we can know, I would say from a practical standpoint that viewers could do also, Um, We adjusted the timing at our pay stations. We're on DRB and there's settings there that actually beep when someone pulls up. So we adjusted that to a timeframe that we thought was more optimum for us in our market An easy thing to do. Um, The other thing we we discovered as we really looked deep into our messaging and the calls to action that we were creating, that we had a slight disconnect. So I'd encourage you to look at your messaging and what you're asking people to do. And that disconnect that we found was we were asking everybody whether they were about to uh, decline or had declined to update their credit card. And the disconnect for us was if they had already declined that you can't update that credit card. You're canceled. You actually have to rejoin. So really looking at your list segmentation. Look, you know, that may not be the same for you if you're not on DRB in the back end. But I just invite you to really look at those calls to action. You know, one blanket email or SMS is not was for us not good enough to really have that honed in call to action that made sense and ultimately drove them to the right web property so they could take the action that we were asking them to take. Uh, So those are two things, you know, we're really always constantly trying to dial it in, Uh, in addition to, again, looking at those codes on the back end, then you could see in your market that you have a trend or even site by site. You know, Maybe somebody's paying with a prepaid debit card and those churn out faster at a certain certain site. So look at that data and then really practical with what you're asking people to do. For us, it's been helpful in, in making sure that uh, we have relevant messages going out there because we are taking the time to build that creative, segment those lists and send them out.
0: Which is which is super important, right? That's all part of uh, what we've talked about on the show before, which is that customer journey, right? And so thinking through that and knowing that um, you're, Nurturing those folks along the way, and making sure that they are getting the information that is relevant and valuable to them at the right points in time, and that that's all part of this, folks. That this this show is building on itself. If you haven't picked that up yet, right? Mm-hmm. This is a this is like a little mini course for you. Um, okay, so but let's talk a little bit. So there's there's station functionality and things you can do there, and tweaks you can make there at the at the point of sale. There are things you can do in terms of um, SMS automation and a little bit of email automation. Are there any other things that you all are doing just to make sure that um, some of those things can can happen kind of on their own or any processes you put in place? Like, for example, I know that um, some processors, this is where I'm going to go sideways, guys. Processors, gateways, whatever the thing is, right? I know some of them, people who takes the money, uh, <laughs> some of them will go out and update the cards on the back end, right? Like they just do it. It just happens. Um, others, Others, it's a different process. That's all fine. But I want to know about, Outside of those things, what are you guys doing?
2: Well, for me, you know, again, going back to what Jason was saying, the customer experience is absolutely key. Um, We did have that session earlier. If you guys had tuned in to the customer journey map, Uh, you know, we really are very thoughtful about creating not just a journey that we can replicate from site to site uh, but also one that really ensures that we are coming uh, to that customer experience with empathy for our customers. What are they feeling in those moments? Are we keyed into that? And really training all of our staff to make sure that that experience is great. Uh, One of the things that that we're really focused on is that hospitality in the lot afterwards. We have a high majority of our customers who wanna use those towels, they wanna use those vacuums that we provide as part of our service. And so that gives us a great opportunity being a membership-based company to to get out there, you're seeing the same faces, please say hi. You know, it's so simple to make that human connection. And it was really challenging this past year due to the pandemic to create that comfort level that both respected the customer, respected our employees, but brought that experience that we're known for. So, um, you know, the friendliness, the acknowledgement of a customer and making sure that we're there and they're having a great experience in the lot as well as that good quality wash has been key for us in keeping those customers. We, We know they want those amenities, we got to nail it when it comes to them.
0: Yeah, got to nail it every time. There's no room. There's no room <laughs> for error, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, make um, every point. <laughs> hey, uh,
0: Nick, do you do anything with your staff? Like, do you have the staff engage in any kind of conversations in, around churn, or do you kind of leave leave that out of it, right? Like, do you have anybody calling anybody, or are you, like, do your um, attendants say, hey, I noticed you're, you're due up for your membership renewal? Any of that? Or is it all on the side? Honestly, a lot of it's on the
3: side, to be honest. I mean, we we put it into our training. It's in our training modules. And of course, if it comes up on the XPT, when they pop up. But because DRB kind of hides that information and you have to go find it unless it's populating on its own, it's difficult for them to even know it's happening. Um, So they they are trained to to, uh, help them through the updating process if the XPT encourages it or rather automatically populates it. Um, but other than that, not really. I mean, we go back to, I mean, as far as involuntary churn, as far as voluntary churn goes, I mean, yeah, we absolutely working to put out the best product training our people, um, as well as possible. And then we give out a, a better towel to our members. That's free to them. that's much nicer and much thicker than the one that we do for our our regular single washes. Um, And then, of course, like our guys are just we've got a five foot smile, smile rule and a 10 foot rather a 10 foot smile rule and a five foot talk rule. So if you're within five feet of a customer, you've got to say hi to them. You've got me coming, asking you why you don't like talking to people, which makes everybody uncomfortable. It's fun. Um, But uh, yeah, man. I mean, creating an experience for our customers and making sure that they know um, that we as a business support the entire community, extremely important for keeping our membership around. I'll also throw out just one thing that Jason did for me. It was like my hero moment. I, I, um, you know, early on, I was marketing to the general public my memberships, and he walked in like, like two days before I dropped like a hundred grand on outside marketing and said, "Bro, look, please, just give me this one run." Don't spend that money, let's do on-site advertising for our for our membership promotions. And he was absolutely correct. It was a huge, huge win for us. Um, so as you do out-facing marketing, make sure that that's about branding and reminding people who you are, not trying to
0: get them into a membership program for a car wash that they don't know yet. My question for Jason is, Jason, because you uh, have a lot of customers, see a lot of this stuff, are there any operators out there, or anything operators have done rather, um, that people just have to do? Like it's the one thing that they need to be able to make sure they're they're killing it on.
1: I think it's really it, it, it's there's a short term solution, and then there's a long term solution. The short term fixes that you can do to help are, are more on the involuntary side. The long term is is the customer experience. It's it's building out, making sure your team members know that that the customer that the whole idea is unlimited membership and 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 that's what you're all about and and building loyalty with the customer and that takes a little bit longer i think some of the some of the things that we've seen pitfalls that we've seen people do a lot of people offer some type of incentive program with their customer salespeople, um, and you do see during promo periods or right after promo period you see churn rates usually around double so if your churn rate there's 3%, you may go up to 6 or 7%. If it's 5%, it may go up to 10%. Um, a lot of times in those incentive programs, they're incentivizing, you know, hey, we'll give you $5 or $10 for every plan that you sell um, or whatever it is on the incentive side. And then they're, they're just having people, their friends come in and, and just say, hey, you can cancel whenever you want. So they're just trying to sign up as many people as you can. One of the things we've done is just to ask people to incentivize on a recharge instead of a, a sale. Um, so if they recharge at least once, um, that, that way you're, you're mitigating some of that churn that will happen naturally just because you have young kids that are, that are entrepreneurial (laughs) capitalists that that are, you know, looking to make a little bit of extra money. So that's something that that I would say, just a a tip for everybody, try to incentivize on a recharge instead of a sale.
0: You know, Jason, you think that
1: long-term value,
0: you'd think that I teed you up for this segue, but, uh, I swear I did not. I swear I did not. Um. The next thing I want to talk about, guys, I think like I think this is kind of an interesting thing, but you got into it about, like, incentivization, and um, we were talking about it earlier in terms of, like, promotions, right, and running coupons and all of that kind of thing and discounts. I want to know your all's take on um, discounting for winbacks, right? So do they turn out? Are you going after them with, like, here's your, you know, $0.99 cent offer for a month so we can get you back in the door? Or... Do you guys think that that's detrimental in the long term and i will reserve my thoughts for the end ann or nick you guys want to tackle that um, one yeah, yeah i tried it uh we got up, up our
3: whole list uh with a with a 99 cent win back for the first month uh, to be honest with you it wasn't met with a ton of success we probably pulled in five six percent of who we sent out to um honestly i was a little surprised um i thought we'd get uh, a bigger a bigger win back, but um, once you lose customers, it's difficult to pull them back.
2: Yeah, I'd say we've had mixed success too. That doesn't mean we're not doing it. And as always, we are asking people why they left, and we also ask what would bring you back. And for us, what we saw on our data is it's not necessarily price. We only had a small portion say they left us for price anyways, Um, and Correlated to that a lot of people didn't even indicate that that's what would bring them back what they did say would bring them back is one if my personal circumstances changed so something with them if they got a a better job or something like that. But then two, the one we saw was if you opened another location close to me. Mm -hmm. So what we've added in addition to a price-based win back is when we're opening our new sites, which is an exciting time anyways, we are going in and doing a we miss you email to those people that had canceled in a radius relevant to that new store opening and saying, hey, great news, we're bubbling up more sites, more value, more fun, give us a second look come on back. And in those instances, because we tend to run a promotion at our new sites, there is an incentive if they do come back to join at that lower offer. But we're really drawing on that relevance of our new store openings um, and seeing the most uh, success with that. So really looking again at those micro segmentations of what you can do to your database and making sure that the message is relevant. So so yeah, we we also, I would say, have a retention offer before we lose them. We're trying to pop them an offer there on the website as well. So um, taking a look, um, that again, we're not even seeing prices the reason people are leaving. So we are scraping those people. I mean, every little half a percent counts when we're talking, you know, that range and that sweet spot is three to 6% that you want to be in. Um, so every little 10th of a percent helps. And, and we do have that offer on the website.
0: That's a key component. I mean, that and again, it goes back to, we're gonna hit on this like all the time, guys. It's the journey. It's the customer journey. Like you gotta know where the people are in it. And you gotta hit them with the right messages at the right time, mm-hmm. or you're gonna do a lot of extra work to try to to, to win back instead of retain. And that's a mm-hmm. that's a huge huge area that can really create a lot of headaches for you if you <laughs> if you're on the wrong side of that. Um, I my friends am very anti discounting. Um, I think it's a I think it hurts from a brand perspective and a devalues service. And I think that. When you're when you're talking about unlimited uh, offerings and you're trying to build loyalty to your brand in that manner, I don't know. I think discounting can hurt, but hey, it all it's all dependent on the market. It's all dependent upon your brand and what you do and what's going to work for you. So you do you. I'm going to do me. <laughs> I'm going to have lots of opinions that I want to share, and you guys get to hear them. So that's fun for me. Um, okay. I, Let, you know, I do.
2: other thing, um, if I may. Yeah. Is in our surveys we also also asked in that that path, what, did you consider downgrading? Mm-hmm. So that's another option that you can build into your customer journey. Is if you're if you're going to lose them, we had 30% of people say, yeah, uh, if you had offered me a different price package, maybe I would have stayed and, and selected that as well. So to your point, you don't necessarily have to get to discounts. But as Jason was talking about earlier, you know your different levels of membership are going to churn at different rates. Can you get them to not churn out but move to a different package that may suit their circumstances better in that moment? So that's another journey if you don't have that in your customer journey that you could consider adding.
1: I, I agree. One, one... Bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, one, one point to add on, on the discount note is I think it really depends on the life cycle of the site as well. So, you know, if, if you're if you're a penetration, you're a brand new site, the, the goal is to create a lot of velocity, a lot of activity at the site because activity creates more activity. It's that group effect. Um, it can actually generate more retail traffic. So the, the quicker you get to a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand members, absolutely the better for, for um, the organization in short term and the long term. And then incrementally, you can phase out those discounts. And then you may look to, um, you know, a competitor comes in. You may want to be a little bit more aggressive because, you know, if if you can get uh, unlimited members, it creates a lot of brand loyalty, and you can kind of insulate yourself. And and a lot of people are looking at competitors coming in over the top of them. And this industry is growing like crazy. So the life cycle of the organization or the site itself has a lot to do with um, discounting memberships, and I think also the pricing as well. It's not really about where your top package is or your bottom package is. It's about where your ticket average is. So if you can use your pricing to change the percentage distribution of your packages, it can make a, a huge difference. So we're big proponents on on being somewhere closer to one and a half X on your top package to your top unlimited package. So if I'm $20 on the top package, 29 99 on the unlimited package, if you're in a penetration mode strategy where you're trying to grow and grow and grow, And as you eclipse kind of this critical mass of membership, then you can up your prices, raise your prices and become more profitable on those and grandfather the rest of the people in and then incrementally make more on the people above 3,000, 3,500, 4,000 members. So I think the the pricing strategy and the discounting strategy have as much to do with the life cycle of an organization or a site as it does anything else.
0: That's really, yeah, that's a really good, really good point, Jason. Thanks for, Thanks for raising that. But it still, it goes back to journey, guys. Customer journeys, business journeys, it's all a journey. Um, Okay, speed round here. I want uh, one last thing here from each of you uh, before we kind of cut out of here. What is one thing, okay, 60 seconds or less, one thing that I should do now, work that I can focus on now that's gonna be better for me uh, related to churn tomorrow, and we're going to go right down the line. Jason, you start it. One thing I can do today, right now, to make churn better for me tomorrow. Ready to go.
1: Uh, collect contact information for every single member that you sign up so that you have the ability to communicate with them over time, uh, whether they stay a customer or whether they churn out. You just have an opportunity to to win them back if if they churn, but you have an opportunity to stay in front of them. Uh, if you have contact information. If you don't, then you lose that opportunity.
0: There you go. There you have it, friends. And how about you? 60 seconds or less, one thing now to make my churn better tomorrow.
2: Well, I agree with the uh, background credit card updated feature. So, Check with your credit card processor. If they have that feature, it may be pay to play to be honest with you, but it's worth it. You can start making that ROI on it right away. Turn it on. It's going to help you sift out some of that involuntary churn.
0: Yeah, nothing is more frustrating than the involuntary. (laughs) Like It's like you feel like you can't do anything. You're like, dang it. Like it's just, it's out there. That's money on the table. Uh, All right. So Nick, you round us out here, 60 seconds or less. One thing to do today to make churn better for me tomorrow. Well, Jason hates that I do this,
3: but we have a 90-day commitment contract that they have to sign that keeps our churn way low. It also messes with your capture rate, but it keeps your churn nice and low. Secondly, uh, don't forget loyalty matters. People who've been with you four and five years deserve something. A shout out, a hello, a free something, an upgraded watch, whatever the hell you can give them, but remember that they're there because
0: when when they feel like they've been forgotten, they leave. So true. So true. So true, my friends. Hey, that is our conversation on churn today. We could talk for hours and hours and hours and hours about this topic, but we'll save a little bit for another episode. Uh, Nick, Jason, and thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you. A pleasure, thank you. Thank hey, you. Hey guys, watching at home, um, look, three quick things if you wanna focus um, all of this into just a couple of buckets for yourself. Uh, number one, it comes back to wash frequency, so have that nailed down and work really hard to improve that, uh, that number and get yourself into that sweet spot of wash frequency for folks. Uh, number two, uh, f- focus a little bit of energy around the involuntary churn to make sure that that's getting down to an acceptable level uh, and just something that you can manage. And then number three, as always, customer experience. Make sure you're killing it every day. Um, If you want more stories, guys, like this. If you want more uh, episodes to help you kind of make your business better from a marketing perspective, or you just want to hear great car wash stories, you can see all of these episodes at carwashmagazine.com on YouTube, or you can spend your day whiling away on the book of faces. So, As always, there is only uh, one thing that you guys need to do when you're out there this weekend killing it washing cars, and that is keep it clean.
1: Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.